let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, we are talking about a fight over a cannabis dispensary that some parents say is too close to their kids' school. But I think the real story is that the city hasn't quite gotten its head around the sea change in laws and norms dealing with weed. Axios's Anna Spiegel has been reporting on it and stopped by to give us the lay of the land. Today is Monday, January 29th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Hey, Anna. Hey, Mike. How you doing? I'm good. You wrote about this fight between uh, a group of neighbors and parents mm -hmm. and folks who want to operate a medical marijuana dispensary. Uh, can you tell me what's going on here? Yeah. So, you know, parents at Basis DC, which is a competitive Penn Quarter charter school, are kind of battling to stop this cannabis dispensary from opening only 253 feet away. Just so we can picture it, where in Penn Quarter are they? What streets are it on? The Basis DC charter school is at 410 East Street Northwest. It's right near Ford's Theater. So what has been proposed there and, and what do these people not like? So the proposal is that the cannabis dispensary will open only 253 feet away from the school. And that number is important because the standard rule in DC is that cannabis licensees, just like liquor licensees, are not supposed to be anywhere near uh, less than 300 feet from a school, a youth center, or daycare. So it kind of ex exposes a loophole in the current legislation. So it's 47 feet closer than it's supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> what do these folks who are opposing this fear that this means? Well, two things. One is that it sets a precedent for more cannabis dispensaries to move closer to other schools. So the current legislation, you know, usually typically it's 300 feet. But during this transition period where marijuana gifting shops are applying to be um, in DC's cannabis, the medical cannabis program, there's a provision that says they don't have to be 300 feet away as long as the school is zoned in a commercial or industrial area. This is a case with Penn Quarter. It could be also a case with a more highly- And this charter school is like right in the middle of a kind of bustling downtown block. Absolutely. And so I think they're worried that this could set a precedent for, you know, more cannabis dispensaries to move closer to, especially youth centers, daycares, um, places that are in highly dense areas. So I guess this is like a subset of the ongoing changes in weed rules in D.C. So the medical marijuana was the sort of first step towards the kind of semi-legalization situation we're in now mm -hmm. um, and towards what people hope will be complete legalization. And 
when they started, there were a lot of rules. Like you had to get a note from your doctor and then mm -hmm. give it to the city, and then the city would give you a card, and then you only then could you even set foot in a place. They've loosened those rules. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's pretty easy to get um, a medical marijuana card right now. All you, especially if you're over 21, you can apply by online, and you can also self-certify. So you can say this is what I need instead of having to have a doctor's note like before. So I can go in and be like, oh, I'm stressed out lately. I need medical marijuana, according to me. And they will say, here's a card. Yes, in certain stores you can. Typically, you're supposed to apply through the district program online. But there, I have known of shops that will, you know, you can say, go in and, and kind of self-certify there too. Wait, why do they go through this whole exercise of self-certifying and calling it medical mm -hmm. when, in fact, what it appears is going on is just an effort to sell something that people want? You can't self-certify for a prescription at the CVS. Yes, that's true. I think that has been in this gray area for so long. You know, Charles Allen just passed emergency legislation giving more authority to ABCA and to ANCs to kind of regulate cannabis like they regulate liquor licenses. Just like, you know, you can't go into a lot of bars and say, hey, I'm 21. Believe me, I need a beer. They're trying to say, hey, you should not be able to go into these medical cannabis stores and say, hey, I'm stressed out and I'm 21. I need cannabis. Wait, so what did the dispensary say when you spoke with them? Um, the, the, so the dispensary that's moving into the Penn Quarter area, the reason why this loophole also applies, they were operating on each street northeast as one of the gifting shops. Um, and if you're a gifting shop that's applying for, you know, you prove you, you've existed since I think it was the start of last year, and you're applying for the medical cannabis license, and you're applying in a commercial zone, you can be less than 300 feet from a school. So they said, hey, we're following all the rules that DC laid out. We're doing everything they said right. And we also, we're going to be a good neighbor. We're not going to apply. We're not going to, you know, sell the underage kids where, you know, they said they're trying to be a higher end kind of model of cannabis store. And so their, their argument is that they're following all the rules, which is, you know, Seems true. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. So can, just for people who don't know, there's this new universe, new to a lot of people at mm -hmm. least, of with gifting stores and medical marijuana dispensaries. Can you just sort of explain the, the landscape and what the difference is? Yeah, so... DC moved in like 2022 kind of to create this pathway for these gifting shops 
to become medical cannabis dispensaries. So before, you know, you could go into what you call a gifting shop and buy a t-shirt or get some paid advice. And as a, in return, they would gift you marijuana. So you weren't buying the product technically. It was kind of a loophole. So in a way to kind of regulate the cannabis industry in DC and then make it more of a black and white situation versus gray, DC created this pathway for gifting stores to become licensed under DC's medical cannabis program. And in March, they they created this kind of transition period where the gifting shops could uh, apply for a license within a 90-day period. Um, if they don't apply for the license, that's when they're going to start facing, you know, some crackdowns. Places could be fined for operating without a license, just like a bar or restaurant would be fined for selling liquor without a liquor license. And I gather this whole weird situation, like in Maryland, you can buy quantities of cannabis and it's legal and that's that. And there's mm -hmm. rules about how you sell it just the same way there's rules about how you sell booze. Um, mm -hmm. But in DC, they have to go through all of this rather more complicated rigmarole because they are nervous about interference from Congress, I gather. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's been part of the, the issue is that, you know, the DC council, for example, has said that they're not allowed to enforce this the same way, as you mentioned, like Maryland would be able to enforce it. And that's why there's been more of this gray area happening here. You know, you quote, I don't know how many parents there are in mm -hmm. this group opposed to it, but they are sort of doing this, you know, anxiety about this is going to be a bad influence on the youth and the youth will be able to access drugs. Um, that strikes me as a little bit of when your kid already goes to school in a downtown block, which is, you mm -hmm. know, full of, of all the commerce of humanity. Is it really, are they saying that they're worried that their actual children will walk into that store and acquire cannabis? You know, I think there was a range of concerns. There was an ANC meeting where the parents protested, as well as some of the kids presented as well. You know, I think there is. There are some people that say, you know, proximity is dangerous. You know, how do we know that they're going to abide by the law? Others are worried about just the proximity to having somebody advertising weed cross from the school. And somebody was worried about, you know, what if you see, if you see a people lined up potentially lined up to buy weed? What message does that say? Is it okay to partake? And then also parents expressed a ner like nervousness about the clientele that would be attracted to the cannabis shop. And is that a more unlawful clientele than, you know, what's attracted to your liquor store? You know, it's hard to tell. And there's, you know, <laughs> obviously not like a study on these things, but I think there's just like a little bit of, you know, this is obviously an unknown area. DC is really figuring this out right now. And there are going to be some growing pains as, you know, these things move forward. I mean, it strikes me as kind of far-fetched to imagine. I mean, like if you go to a, a legal weed store in Maryland mm -hmm. or someplace where it's legal, you know, you got to show an ID to get in the, even get in the store yes. to browse. There's rules. And that's because the uh, operators of the store have something to lose, which is to say they could be have their business shut down if they get caught Absolutely. violating the rules. So it just seems to me that for like a 15-year-old student, the chances of acquiring weed at the legal dispensary nearby is much less than like getting it from one of their friends or just buying it on the walk from school to gallery place. Yeah, I absolutely, you know, I, I do agree with that. And I think actually one of the ANC members who I spoke with shared that opinion saying, you know, these places are, as you said, like much more highly regulated. They're very strict. And I'm sure this operator, if they do move in, will be under a certain level of scrutiny that your average cannabis dispensary just on the corner would not be. So the chances of, yeah, under, especially underage kids going in and buying cannabis would be probably, that's definitely not their goal. 
And they say they're going to be high-end, which I take to mean expensive, which is, again, a, a thing that's usually not welcome news to teenagers. <laughs> Absolutely. If you walk through Georgetown these days, you see all these different kind of very design-forward, different kinds of cannabis dispensaries, medical cannabis dispensaries that have opened. And they look like spas. You know, you have beautiful seating and nice lighting and lots of Tulum-style, you know, basket seats. And they are, they're going for a different higher-end clientele, people who would pay, you know, $25 for a joint. So what's the future of this? What happens now? When are we going to know if this dispensary opens or not? So there's there's two um, hearings coming up, one in February, and then there's a period of protest in April. Charles Allen said he was going to write a letter protesting the shop and, it, and its location. Again, because I, I think it's a, a wider concern, not that this shop is going to open, but maybe that it's going to set a precedent that shops can move closer to schools and youth centers. But yeah, I think we'll see, you know, the, with through these meetings, whether it will happen or not. Yeah. So keep your eye on the February one. Anna, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. That is all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Was that the kind of place you hung out when you were 15? <laughs> no, we hung out at Papa's Liquor Store on Wisconsin Avenue. <laughs> <laughs>